Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Oh, come on, no sound. Ah, oh, no, it's such a brilliant intro and everything there. So there's a one minute of no sound, so me talking. I don't know how how that happened, but you guys can hear me now, yeah? You got me now. This is going to be absolutely fantastic for the audio podcast when this goes out later on. Uh, testing one, two, testing one, two, one, two. Can people hear me? You guys can hear me. Yes, you can. I hear a lot. Brilliant. Um, hello, everybody. And I was just saying that we started on time for once. We started on time for once, but I muted myself then for the first minute. Um, I was just saying there, guys, that I, this is the second one that, uh, we've done today, kind of Gallagher podcast earlier on today, um, which was a really interesting one. And it's 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 actually hilarious because I had Conor Gallagher and Borna Sosa on my scouting series. I had Conor Gallagher actually to do next week. You know, I had him down as somebody that... I was kind of iffy about, but I think he was. An, I thought he was an interesting person to look at, and I had Borna Sosa down for uh, for Friday, um, of this week. But we had two tentative links, so I pushed them forward, and I pushed my strikers out until out until those days. So, um, if anybody's interested in these weird and wonderful names that I'm, um, I'm going to go through the scouting series. Please come back and please look at more of these podcasts because uh, there will be more of them coming over the coming days uh, as well. But I am here today to talk about Borna Sosa and. Um, uh, I've put together some um, some graphs uh, and things like that that we're going to look at in a moment. Uh, this guy's an interesting player, really interesting player. Uh, his statistics just literally leap off the page. Now, as we know, sometimes, and if you watch the Conor Gallagher, um, the Conor Gallagher piece that I did pre- previously, sometimes statistics need to be married up with what you see in the field. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really great things like Borna Sosa. If you go and watch Borna Sosa, 
cross a ball, you'll immediately fall in love with him. Like his crossing is like absolute caramel. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And Stuttgart really utilized that because they had your man Kalzic, I think his name is. He's like six foot twelve. He created his own height measurement to to see how high he was. He's just a big massive giant up there. And they had the perfect guy of Borna Sosa the plop ones right in his head. Um so this guy crosses the ball absolutely fantastically, uh, Borna Sosa. But when you look at it, his defending is is what I would say with regards to his defending. He he does it under duress and under protest. Is what, is how I would. He's kind of like myself. He's uh he's tracking back and stuff like that can can leave a bit to be desired, but it doesn't take away from the from the fact that this guy gets bums off bums on seats and he gets you on the edge of your seat even because his attacking ability is just brilliant. It's really good. And uh, we'll take a look at it in a moment. And as we're going down through some of the statistics, uh, I'll talk to you about um, about how he played for Stuttgart. But before we do that, I just want to give a little overview. Obviously, uh, Stuttgart played in the in the Bundesliga, and they didn't have the best of seasons. I think it's fair to say last season um, they finished on joint with Hertha Berlin and thirty three points, but they stayed out of the relegation playoff on goal difference. They had a goal difference of minus eighteen, which Sounds bad-ish, but the teams below them were like absolutely atrocious goal difference. Like, like uh, Greta Fruit had a minus 54 and Armenia Biefeld had a minus 23 and Hertha Berlin minus 34. So like the teams below them were leaking goals. Saying that, Hertha Berlin did concede 50, 59 goals, which was... Um, which wasn't the worst, actually. Uh, there, was, there was teams above them that conceded more goals, but uh, they, they found it difficult to score. And when we look at Borna Sosa, he was actually... Um, responsible for one in four of all of the goals um, that were scored by um, that were scored by by uh, by Stuttgart. So uh, he was very very pivotal to their attack. And if I wanted to kind of give you a a very very lazy comparison, um, if you can imagine, if you can think of somebody that's just given the freedom of the left wing and is allowed just to tack on that left wing and where they create as much space as they possibly can for him out there and let him bomb forward as best he can. Um, that's what Borna Sosa did for, for Stuttgart. So let me pop up a couple of a couple of graphs here and we can take a further look into him. Has anybody here any seen him play previously? Does anybody here have any opinions on him? If you want to pop in in the chat, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to read it out and, uh, and see what you guys think, if there's anybody here who knows about him. If not, let me try and go through some pieces that I found uh, looking at him. So here we have my brand new um, stat sheet. And I hope you guys like it. I hope you find it easy to read. Um, so on the left-hand side, I've added in here so we can see we've got Borna Sosa. He's five foot nine. He's left-footed defender. He's 24 years of age. Uh, recently turned uh, 24. Current transfer value we have in here, it comes from transfermarket.co.uk. They have him in there at 20 million. I think that's probably a fair enough assessment. Um, he is going. He's not going to be with Stuttgart this year. Like, there's no way in the no way in the wide early world that he's going to finish this season. Then this coming season at Stuttgart, I just don't think that's going to happen because somebody's going to snap him up for the abilities that he has. Um, as you can see, there are one goal and eight assists over the course of last year. Looking at where he's played over the course of his career, he's played 61 games at left back and he's played 14 games at left uh, at left midfield. Now, that left back is kind of, it's broken. I didn't break it down between wing back and traditional left back, but 
Um, you know, he, he does play as, as, as a really attacking left-back, a, a ridiculously attacking left-back. You can see here, before we even get on to the statistics, it's heavily weighted to the progression of the ball, whether it be through dribbles, whether it be through passes, uh, and so on. So he's he very much favours running with the ball, attacking, attacking, attacking. Um, kind of like Gareth Bale did when he was, uh, when he was in his when he was, when he was with Spurs before he was moved to that left wing position. And a lot of people talk about Borna Sosa in the same mould that maybe he can move into that left wing position and that might suit him because he does get left down. And the statistics don't look great with regards to defending here, and we'll talk about that in a moment as well. Um, you can see here by his heat map. Uh, you can see here by his heat map that uh, he does hug the left touchline. Uh, he doesn't come too far in field. Obviously, you know he plays a lot of one twos down that down that line, and he he he's he's ta- he's tasked with getting as far forward as he possibly can and getting that ball into the box. And he does that. He's also pretty decent on set pieces too, which is something that you uh, that, that that contributes to some of his assists. His delivery is just fantastic. He's very like Luca Dean, actually, when you think about it. Luca Dean. Was brought into Aston Villa because he had a brilliant crossing rate. He's like he was. He, Luke Dean whips in a mean cross too. You know, don't get, don't don't have that lost in this whole situation. And we can see here that we've got a graph to the right hand side, and I'm going to talk through this in a moment because this does show the differences between Luke Dean in pink and Borna Sosa in yellow. And we're going to talk about that, talk through that in a moment. But Borna Sosa is kind of like Luke Dean in the fact that he loves to go forward and. At times this season, I've kind of been critical of Luca Dean and his ability to track back. But let me tell you that if you, um, if there was a situation whereby you thought that uh, thought that Luca Dean was slow to track back, you ain't seen nothing until you've seen Borna Sosa track back at times. Um, it's just non-existent. Uh, he's tracking back at times, and that's not me going two footed in him and criticizing him. It's just it it just comes right across on the. Um, on the tape, it comes right across on the tape when you can see it. Uh, another bits and pieces, another few few uh, observations, should I say, that I've seen with, with Borna Sosa is that when he's defending, when he gets back, so if, if the play is in front of him, he's actually a pretty decent defender. His statistics don't bear it out here. He engages people, but what he does do is he gets caught flat-footed from time to time. Um, specifically, you can tell as well that he's kind of, he's conscious that he's a very slight player. Like he's he's only five nine, but he's a he's a wiry type five nine. He's not a he's not bulked out or he's not filled out or anything. He's very slight frame, and I think if he's going to come to the Premier League, he's going to need to fill out or he's going to need to move into that wing position whereby he can. It, like uh, you see him in the German league, he gets blown past at times, um, by a, a a winger in full flight. Specifically, if he try, he can't stand players up. Like there's no way he can stand. He he could stand up a Kevin De Bruyne who was running at him or even a Jack Grealish that was running at him or someone like that, because he just isn't physically strong enough to kind of even, even you know, take a, that that kind of forward momentum and, and move with it and, and move with the player to, to try and keep with him. He wouldn't be able to do that. He has to keep his, his distance. Now, he can get aggressive as well. And when you see him, he's got this absolutely, it's almost like... Um, how will I put it? It's almost like a schoolyard stance when he's uh, when he and that's this isn't the bad thing as well. But you you kind of see it. I don't know will it make sense, but he's very low to the ground when he when he's facing somebody up. So he gets really down low. He's almost like sitting in a squat position as he's tracking runner as he's tracking um, wingers when they come to come to him. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And he's actually really good at not getting dribbled past when he's able to set himself, set himself in that defensive position in around the box. He doesn't get dribbled past that often. Um, and you can see that there that he's got a really high, um, a really low rate, should I say, of getting dribbled past. He's in the top 8% for not getting dribbled past. And the majority of times is because he doesn't track back with his guys to get dribbled past. In that instance, he only kind of stands people up when he has them directly in his line of sight, essentially, when he's keeping the play in front of him. And that's just something, that's not that's not a criticism. It's something I, want, I would want him to work on if he came to the Premier League, no matter who he signs for. Um, his production, we can see here, his strengths and weaknesses to the right-hand side. Strengths are definitely attacking player. Like, like you, you only need to turn on one clip of him on YouTube, and you, you, you see that this guy's got it in the attacking sense. He's all action up that left wing. I mean, all action. Gung-ho, marauding, pirate style, up and down that wing, no prisoners, is what he does. His progressions... He, he carries the ball absolutely phenomenally well for Stuttgart. He is their outlet on the left-hand side. He was the, he was their attacking outlet almost throughout their whole team this season. And uh, they were unashamedly fed him the ball in that, that instance. Um, you can see him there. From a left-back, his progressive carries. He's 7.6 per game, which puts him in the top 6% in all of Europe. Progressive carry distance, once again, 166.9 yards per game. Top six percent in all of europe shot creating actions top three percent progressive pass distance which means the amount of um the, the amount the distance that he's passed the ball forward throughout the course of a, throughout the course of 90 minutes is comes to 373.99 yards puts him in the top 11 percent progressive passes so on so on so on he moves the ball forward now one thing i do say I, I would say here is that he's a bit cavalier in his attitude of getting that ball forward it's the first thing that just comes into his mind that we can see it here where he's past completion at 73.4% that can that can get risky in the premier league with a 73.4% past completion rate and um you know Luka Deans is only slightly better than that you know and it's a criticism i have of Luka Dean as well that I would like him to have a higher pass completion rate and I would certainly like somebody like Borna Sosa if he did come into this team or into the Premier League to have a higher pass completion rate as well. So, all in all, you very much see the attacking style that Borna Sosa brings to, 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 um, to the elements of his play. It's just so apparent um, on, the, <laughs> on his tape and it's so apparent in his statistics as well. Some of you guys have popped in comments here. So Nicholas has popped in a comment saying, I noticed he played some matches at left midfield too. I wonder with Dina having started left back, having the starting left back spot locked up, if the position for left back is more appealing to someone who can also play further forward. Um, ordinarily, I would say yes. Um, I think... The biggest thing here, and 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 Ad actually is is has come in bang on the nose here. He's absolutely ideal for somebody playing with a black three. Like you put him in with um, what you call him leaving with Marcus Alonso and as Puluqueta most likely leaving Chelsea. You bring a Borna Sosa in there and play him as a left wing back, like Chelsea play. There you go. I think he'd be perfect for that. I think he'd be absolutely perfect for that. Now I think he could play in a in a back four as well. And, and going back to your your comment there, Nicholas, and I'll pop it back up there again, where you asked, is it more appealing to have a left back who can also play further forward? I think ordinarily in in a team, if this was a Dean Smith team, I think that that would be more appealing because we would have played with more orthodox wingers. This team doesn't play with orthodox wingers at all, specifically with the two tens who we're going to be heavily relying on, you know, to be those outlet balls when we when we do go forward. So 
I think just with this formation, I find this I, I, I find this link very strange in a way. Don't get me wrong, I'll take him. I'll take him all day long for his crossing ability. And if we can sort out midfield and maybe because Luca Dean is going to go forward as much as this guy, he's going to try and go forward, should I say, as much as this guy. Um but uh like if this guy was to come in, we would need to sort out midfield and we would have to have more uh, more protection for our back four and midfield specifically. But I don't think that I don't think the actual aspect of him playing left midfield would be the appealing part for uh, Steven Gerrard in this, unless he is going to maybe bunk the trend that he's had at Rangers and that he had last season. And then, but to me, it just doesn't seem like he would do that considering he's got the two tens. But then the fright is the spice of life, and maybe he felt that we were too one dimensional. And I think all would be written in that. Um, but for me, I think it's I think it's a strange link for this guy. I think this this guy is a more of a strange link than somebody maybe like a, a Calvin Bassey or a Sergio Gomez, based on the fact that they were more rounded players from a defensive point of view and an attacking point of view. Um, but look, as I see it, as I say, we don't really know what Steven Gerrard's going to do now that Critchley's come in, whether it's going to, there's going to be tweaked to the setup um, where we're going to play a bit more expansive, which we can do with Coutinho and Buendia because they did play from the from wider areas. In, in Coutinho did it for Liverpool and Buendia did it for, um, for uh, Norwich. So it's a possibility. It is a possibility for sure. Um, Herelio says, "Would he be back up for Dina? That's an interesting one, and we will. I have like we will get on. We will talk about the differences between himself and Luca Dean in the moment. Um, I think he's probably too good to come in and sit his back up for Luca Dean. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons." This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I think he's probably too good for it. What I mean by that is that he's 24 years of age. He's just broken into the Croatian squad. Well, he didn't. He broke into the recreation squad, twenty twenty one. But like when you're twenty four years of age, are you going to come and you're going to sit on Aston Villa's? No, maybe he does. Like I like never underestimate the pull of the Premier League. I suppose is is, is something for sure. Luca Dean has a checkered history in, with injuries since he's come to the club, as well. That's something that needs to be borne uh, in mind. And I do think we need a a, a good backup to Luca Dean for sure. Um, I probably think that. This guy's probably too good to be back up to Luca Dean. Now, look, don't get me wrong. If he signs for Aston Villa, that's that's grand. That's absolutely fine. It's good to have good backup. But from him thinking about this from the part from the the player's point of view, um, I just don't see what the want would be for him, what the draw would be for him to maybe play 15, 
15 to 18 games, maybe 22 games, 25 games, maybe even including substitutions, sub, sub appearances um, to come in. And while we do need someone to push Luke Dean, I just don't, I'm, I'm not really quite sure that this guy is like for, for the, for the, where he is in his, in his um, development at the moment. I think he needs to be playing 38, 40 games a season and continue to his rise within Croatia, within the Croatian setup. Um, but I think if he does come in, I think he will be back up to Lugadin. Lugadin's only here six months. He's only in the door himself. I would find it very strange for Stephen Gerrard to buy him and bin him again after six months. But then again, Father Time is undefeated. So he does, maybe Stephen Gerrard does understand that there does need to be a succession plan here. And Lugadin might only be a two to three year plan um, within the club too. So um, it's, it would be an interesting one. It, he would be one of the better backups for any of those mid-range teams in the Premier League uh, for sure. But could I see it happening? I do have my doubts based on the fact that I think he would be would be left back for um left back for uh for Luke or uh, the this the backup should I say for Luca Dean. Um so let's take a little look here and I'll come back to your comments in a moment. Um let's take a little look here at the new diagram that I've I've added here to our to the stat sheets here and what it shows here as I say is I've taken some of the the statistics that I wanted to look at uh, you can see their tackles per 90 pass attempts pass percentage progressive passes shot creating actions success successful dribbles pressures and interceptions and I, what I wanted to do is get a cross section because fullbacks are getting more and more attacking and I wanted to get a cross section of data to kind of see where we could plot people out on the map and you've seen these things before you've seen these uh, i don't know what they're called i'm going to call it a bullseye map because it sounds kind of cool and i've just made that up if that is the real name for it well then someone please let me know because i'm going to call it a bullseye map uh, and what we can see here is born Sosa. i've plotted out those statistics based uh, on or using the yellow markers here and i've plotted out luca deans using the pink um what we can see here is very much two players that were allowed to do different things and two players that were tasked with doing different things within their structures and within their systems. But two players who have, um, who've got very similar skill sets as well in a, in, in a lot of ways. When we look at the tackles here and, ta and the defensive side of things, so if we start at the 12 o'clock position and we go anti-clockwise, we're looking at the tackles here. So we've got tackles, interceptions, pressures. So if we look at that quadrant, that top left-hand quadrant here, Luca Dean is by far and away the better player. That's the defensive quadrant that I've put in here. And he's by far and away more um, adept at, at that. And I think that that stands to reason because Luca Dean is an up-and-down-the-field type player. There are some games where he gets caught too far up the field. More so, there's probably some passages of play than games where he gets caught up the field. And he should rightly be called out for that. And we do do that. And, and I think that, you know, he needs to be maybe a bit more fitter or, or noise limitations and not go so far out of the field so that he doesn't get caught up there. And we've spoken about that before. Then next, next quadrant, we look at dribbles, shot creating actions. And um, when we look at this area, this is where um, Borna Sosa comes into his own. Far and away better successful dribble rate because he attempts more dribbles. He is a better dribbler of the ball. He's been given free gratis of free reign to carry that ball forward. And what you tend to see here between the successful dribble and the successful dribbles piece here is very apparent that shows the two different ways that the two guys are utilized. 
it would be very easy for me to sit here and stand here and go, oh, look, Dean isn't, he's not a creative force within Aston Villa. So look, he, he can't carry the ball. And that would be lies because my eyes tell me something different, that Luka Dean is a very creative force once he gets the ball in and around the box. And we know that because he's gotten, he's gotten I think, it's five assists last season. We, we just know he's a good crosser of the ball. So what this shows to me is that Borna Sosa, and it shows on the tape as well, Borna Sosa has been tasked with carrying that ball into the final third and being that man who beats players, dribbles, and, and gets up to the byline and crosses that ball in like a winger would. That's why there's been talk of him potentially moving into that wing position. And somebody mentioned in the comments there as well, that Ad mentioned there that maybe he'll turn into the Croatian Gareth Bale. Um, that there is talk of that, that he, he will be best moving to a, a wing position more so than, than a, 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 a dedicated left-back position or at least a wing-back position um, as, he, as he moves on towards his career. And this shows that he's got a great dribble success rate. Luke Dean doesn't. <laughs> Like, Lugadine doesn't have a great dribble success rate because he doesn't dribble that much with the ball. But what he does is he gets into those positions higher up the field and he's the man who's, been, who's receiving the ball to cross that ball in. So he's not carrying the ball into the final third. He's receiving it in the final third and he's crossing it in, which is just as adept as anything else. And we can see that here when we look at our shot-creating actions. This very bottom one here in the 6 o'clock position, the SCA, shot-creating actions. The two guys are not that far away from each other, considering that, considering you would expect that that uh, because Borna Sosa carries the ball an awful lot more, because he has more progressive passes, which we can see uh, in the, what we call, four o'clock position there on, the, on, on the, the, um, the graph, we can see here that he's so much better than Luka Dean in his, in his successful dribbles and his progressive passes. Yet the two guys are pretty close with their shot-creating actions. So that shows to me that they're, they're, it styles make fights for those two left-backs. Borna Sosa is carrying it into those, in, into those positions, or he's passing the ball forward to people in those positions an awful lot more from a more withdrawn role, whereas Luca Dean is ghosting up the left wing, receiving that ball out wide and crossing it in and creating those shot-creating actions as well. So there's two ways to skin a cat, I suppose, really, when you're looking to create those shot-creating actions. And once again, that's why it's so important to look at the statistics, but also open your eyes and watch the match as well. Watch a couple of games. Like, I watched I, I watched five games of Borna Sosa, and I know that mightn't sound like an awful lot, but if you pick and choose what five games, I usually pick three games against teams, against top teams within the division, one game against... Um, one game against the team below below them, and one game against the team in and around their in and around their level where they were, and that's usually how I tend to look at it. Or sometimes I look at like for actually for this for Stuttgart, I looked at two teams that were in the upper echelon. I looked at them against Leverkusen. I looked at them against uh, Dortmund. I didn't even didn't want to look at them against um against Bayern Munich because they're so far out ahead of everyone else. I looked at them against Gerda Fruit because he had an absolute banger of a game that day. I think he had a hat trick of assists and. I'm not sure. Maybe I, th I think Nicholas, you might have sent me on um, a Twitter video of that actual game as well. But I had I had watched that game previously, and he just like he was outstanding in that game as well. And then I watched another game versus watched the game versus um, of oh, Frankfurt. I drink Frankfurt because they were in and around the middle of the table. And then I watched the game against Bochum. Who finished the finished thirteenth as well? So it was a nice little cross section of, of of the teams that they played, and you can see how he plays, how how Borna Sosa plays in that instance. 
obviously didn't need to look at games for Luca Dean because I watched whatever twenty odd games of his last season, and and you you know what he can do. But it's interesting that you need to do both. You need to scout from a numbers point of view because your eyes can lie to you, and you can you also need to scout from from your uh, a visual point of view because the numbers can lie to you too. Um, so it's very very important to do both. Um. A couple of more comments there from you guys. And let's just see. So Captain K says, Sosa looks interesting, but can't help feel that Calvin Bassey will be more suited for our squad. And you know what, Captain K, the more I kind of think of Calvin Bassey, the more I think he, like, the more I think he fits probably what we're looking for a small bit more. Um, From the point of view of, he, I think he would come in and he would, learn under Luca Dean and he would he would be probably more malleable to being that second fiddle but also being able to cover cover at centre back as well. He may get more opportunities in that aspect than somebody like a Borna Sosa coming in and hoping to cover left left wing when we don't play wing uh wing backs or when we don't play wingers within the system as well. So potentially potentially as I say I don't know what type of left back I would want. I don't know what left back I want on on this team um or what left back I would like to come in and be um and be second fiddle to uh, to Luca Dean. So yes, I, I just I, I can't make up my mind on who I would like to come in. And I don't. I, if, if you were put gun to my head for all the guys that we have, I'd, I'd pick Sergio Gomez um, at the moment just for what he has. But uh, as I say, that could change in the morning um, with regards to with regards to my feelings and and left backs that have been have been linked. Um. Uh, Brett says Brett Riverboat says we should be pushing our youth left back if Dina is our number one. Ordinarily, once again, I'm going to go down the ordinarily. I would agree with this one, Brett. Um, it was actually interesting. Our, our youth left back is Ben Christine, 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 Christine. I still can never remember how to pronounce his name. I'm going to pronounce it Ben Christine. That's what I'm going to come down on for right or wrong. That's what I'm going to pronounce it from now on. Um, I saw that he went back to his his school recently and he presented them with a signed jersey. I just thought it was nice. And he was kitted out in the Villa gear. And uh, obviously he... Came to us, I think it was from Exeter, and he had some first team experience with Exeter. And I think the club were being very, uh, very cautious with him not to not to throw him right in at the deep end because I think that they think that he he has big steps to make, and it, sorry that he can make big steps within this within this career. And I think they think an awful lot of him. But I think maybe he's probably twelve months away from where the club would like him to be. Um. But look, I suppose you'll never know unless you throw him in. And I think the trip to Australia, he's definitely on the plane to Australia. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's on the plane to Australia. And he is going to be down there. And I think he's going to get a chance to chance to shine uh, down there. And and hope he does. Because as you say, look, this, this guy's been, <clears throat> this guy has a, has a 20 million transfer tag. If we can save 20 million there, well, then where, where else can we spend in the team? It's a no-brainer to, to promote our left our, our youth left back. But... I think with uh, with somebody like that, it's it, it's you know it's um, it's kind of we need to we need to see what he see if he is if he's one hundred percent ready first because just like going into the into the season with Ashley Young as our reserve left back, um, I think would be bad squad planning. Um, I think going in with only Ben Christine as our uh, reserve left back would be bad squad planning as well just because of the delta of the ages and the experience and so on between himself and Dino, what the drop-off would be might be a bit too much. I, I don't know. Um, oh, this is a, Ian says, does this mean that the club doesn't have confidence in Christine making the grade? No, I think they absolutely do. 
I think they do. I just think that where where I where I come down with our probably all our reserve defenders as a whole at the moment, probably Barkay and Kessler Hayden. I think that's fair enough to say because he has put his head above the parapet and stuck out. Um, I think that we're just in the situation whereby the defenders that we have coming through are just that bit young. I've said it before. Josh Feeney, 17 years of age. Sfinkels, 18 years of age. Bogart, 18 years of age. I think the club want to tie them down. I think they've got good hopes for an awful lot of them, but I think it's probably 6 to 12 to 18 months too early for some of them, just based on experience. And the Premier League, like you really need to be that good to be a young player in the Premier League nowadays. Like Liverpool got really lucky with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but then again, when you think about it, they had balls to play him as well. So I suppose you kind of you kind of make your own look in that aspect. If you can find a system whereby you can protect uh, a left or right back like that and let them grow, sometimes the best way to grow is through the fire, you know, through the fire and brimstone of of the Premier League. But I do think that they do have um, have confidence in Ben Christine, and uh, um, I think we I think we will see him dotted in there throughout the course of this year. He's been on the bench a couple of times this season, and I think that probably tells me. All I need to know about what, what, how highly he's thought of within the club. Um, <clears throat> David Miller makes a great point here. I wonder, was this a lazy link from January when maybe he was looked at? Probably not what we needed then, considering our defensive issues. Plus, when Dina became available, it was a no-brainer. I think that has to be considered, David. I really do think that has to be considered because, um, to me, it's it, like it's it's only been reported in the in the Daily Record. Does anybody here want to let me know is the daily record a really reputable reputable source? If as far as I'm aware, isn't it only available in Scotland? I'm not sure. I don't know. I know that we don't get it over here in Ireland anyway. Um, but you got to take everything at face value. Um it, it look, I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss it. I wouldn't dismiss it as completely given uh, that it uh, that it was a link from January. Um, but I do think that it's 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 pretty well known that, that Stephen Gerrard wants to get in a left back. And uh, maybe it could be two and two together, uh, or maybe we could be interested in somebody like Borna Sosa. But I wouldn't be surprised if we if we do bring in another left back and maybe maybe spend money on one as well. When I say spend money, it could be in the teens that we spend um, from a millions point of view on, on a left back. Uh, but I suppose that's the interesting part. I think a lot of these. I think if we're going to be signing people, you know, we want them on the plane before they go to Australia. We want at least the majority of them on the plane before we go to Australia. And if I'm not mistaken, we go to Australia in three weeks' time. So uh, I think it might be a busy couple of weeks um, between midfielders and potentially left-backs. And who knows, maybe a striker uh, might come through the doors as well. But interesting one, David. Interesting one for sure. Um, Where else do we have here? Where else do we have here? Any more comments there? So... I'll come back to your comments again in a moment. But just looking once again at, at Borna Sosa and and uh, and Luca Dean, um, to put your eggs in like like, call me old fashioned, but a left back, a left defender, a left sided defender, to me needs to be able to defend really really well. And for me, Borna Sosa needs to bulk up. He needs to he needs to get uh, better at standing players up, particularly in the Premier League now. As I said, will he sign for another team this season? I absolutely think he will. I think he's too good not to sign for for a, a team this season, whether it's in the Premier League or not. He's been linked to quite a lot of a lot of teams. He's been linked with Man United. Um, 
they're all just ran out of my head now who else he's been linked to it. but it's uh, I think maybe somewhere like like if he was to go to Serie A or if he was to go and as I said if he was to go to Chelsea maybe and play that wing back position I think he'd be absolutely fantastic and um, maybe go to a team like Juventus play that left back position um, a lot of Croatians end up in, in, in Serie A um, maybe he goes to he goes to a, a team of La Liga like uh, like a Sevilla someone like that who, <coughs> who maybe utilise him um, to attack up that left wing as well. Uh, it would be an interesting one, but I definitely think he moves. I definitely think Borna Sosa moves, and I think that he is, uh, like if he comes to Aston Villa, brilliant, absolutely will take him, for sure. That means that shows that we mean business and we want real quality players in all positions. Let him come in, learn the league behind Luca Dean for a couple of months, learn, you know, maybe bulk up, maybe learn how to, uh, learn how to deal with Premier League style defenders. Are, are attackers um, as opposed to um, German Bundesliga st- style attackers and, and, and see where, where we take it from there but uh, yeah really really interesting player for sure oh we've got the bots great let me just block this user here um, fantastic that's gone they are indeed back um, I think that's going to do it for us guys is anybody else what else has gone on oh the club the club actually announced that there was three new coaches um, or three new Coaches slash support staff, I think is what I would call call them, um, come in to the youth setup. Uh, I don't know a whole pile about any of them other than Jared Nash. Jared Nash was with the Irish uh, Football Association here, and I know he was pretty highly thought of. And he's coming, he's taking a role that I don't really even know what it entails, um, because I can't remember what the name of it is. But it's like professional development phase coach, which uh, I've. I've tried to sit down and figure it out, but I would definitely be interested in in, in seeing maybe what that role entails. Um, and and obviously we've had uh, is is it Tony Carris come in and take over um, take over the under twenty threes head coaching position in Mark Delaney's stead. And I think it's good that the club are getting these positions that the, there was forward planning on this. Mark Delaney obviously sad to see him go. He was announced a couple of weeks ago. I think he only officially left his post maybe last week or, or 10 days ago. And the club have somebody in now, somebody who's got a pro license as well, which is uh, which is good because, um, you know, <laughs> more experience you can have uh, in and around the coaching squad or the coaching setup is always good. Um, and I have reached out to my mates in the training ground guru to see if they can give me the the lowdown on uh, on these guys and you never know maybe we might see a podcast coming over the next few days on that because it's always good to know what caliber of coach we are bringing into the squad and into the team so guys i think that's going to do it for us do it for us tonight i uh, really appreciate everybody popping on um i'm going to be back tomorrow with paddy paddy's going to be back tomorrow um we will be doing a i don't know what time i had initially said it was going to be in the after in the in that the evening time in our normal half nine slot but i don't know we might go a small bit earlier in the day um to talk about the fixture list announced uh, being announced tomorrow so if you're around for that i would love your time i also have one another one of my scouting series of a striker coming in my scouting series tomorrow so if you guys are interested in semi obscure i won't even call it obscure obscure striker this this guy is um he's People like West Ham, Manchester United have been have been sniffing around this guy. And um, he's twenty six year old. He's he's Senegalese, and I won't go much further than that. So you'll have to tune in tomorrow for that. Um, 
it'd be nice to if you guys could could give that a watch. Also, if you haven't seen the Conor Gallagher or the Guido Rodriguez uh, podcasts, I'd really appreciate if you could look at those as well. I know somebody mentioned here asked the comment about would I like who if I had to pick between Sangare or Guido Rodriguez, who would I prefer? Guido Rodriguez all day long. I just want to see people go ten foot in the air, like you know. It's uh, do you remember do you know in Game of Thrones where you've got that kid who likes to see people thrown out of the um, they live up in the castle all the way, a big tall castle, and there's a hole in the ground. They throw people out into the hole in the ground, and he goes, make the, make the bad guy fly. That's like Guido Rodriguez, except the opposite way. He kicks him up into the air, and I'm like that child. I just get giddy when I see that happen. Um, so for me, it's going to be Guido Rodriguez all day long, uh, although Sangari is a fantastic player too. So if you guys haven't seen that on Guido Rodriguez and on Conor Gallagher, I'd appreciate it if you could give it a watch. Thanks so much, though, for everything you do for the podcast. Thumbs up before you leave. And if you aren't already a subscriber on the channel, I'd really appreciate it if you consider subscribing to us as well. Um, oh, also, before we go, some news. Our website is going to be updated again. Some of you guys have asked for some merchandise. Um, you've seen us wear some T-shirts and hats and things like that. And you've seen us drinking out of some mugs. We're looking at getting that sorted. And I should have some news probably even over the weekend on that to see if we can make that happen. But either way, the website will be, will uh, we will be likely starting up that website again so keep an eye out for that and uh, we'll have more news uh, as it comes but guys i've kept taking up too much of your time on a wednesday night it's gone past 10 o'clock i'm sure i've got you over the worst of love island and now you can go back and regain control of the television again so that you can see, watch what you were what you what you want to watch now that love island is over and i've gotten you out of that hole so thanks very much for everything we'll see you tomorrow stay safe stay healthy and all that's left to say is up to the lap Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.